Legends abound of an ashen-haired girl whose coming heralds the end of days. A child born of elder blood, shoulders burdened by the weight of incredible purpose, who ushers apocalypse long prophesized and stokes a brilliant age of rebirth from the continent's frozen remains. This child accumulates many epithets as she grows to fill her destiny. The lion cub of Sintra, the child surprise, the child of destiny, the swallow. Hers is a tale of growth, of survival, of discovery, tragedy, and triumph. She fans the flames of war that engulf the continent. In her wake, kingdoms fall, monsters devastate the land, and a chilling frost threatens to encase the world in an icy tomb. But who is this person really? Who sits in the eye of a maelstrom, the winds of which whip the continent into frenzy? Who is Cirilla of Sintra? Before we begin, I want to give a huge thanks to all of my supporters on Patreon. You are truly fantastic, and I'm so grateful for the patronage. Alright, let's dive in. Cirilla, or Ciri for short, is a leading protagonist in the Witcher series and one to whom the eponymous Witcher Geralt of Rivia is bound. Her journey begins as a cloistered youth, wrapped in the purple comforts of royalty in the northern kingdom of Sintra. Like any child, she carries an innocent naivety about her. She's impatient, impetuous, and at times insufferable, used to the entitlement given by her station. But powerful forces descend swiftly on Ciri and raise the walls of her protected youth with violence and bloodshed. She must abandon her innocence, foster independence and maturity to escape capture by one of myriad deadly agents prowling the continent in search of her. As she develops, a dark stain colors her disposition, and the bard Dandelion gives us this description. I have known people who said that right away, from the very first encounter, they sensed the foretaste of death striding behind the girl. And indeed, the macabre follows the lion cub wherever she walks. The continent's dangers teach Ciri to trust no one, kill coldly, and seek revenge with unflinching malice, that the woman she becomes bears little resemblance to her impressionable youth. Cirilla is possessed of various traits and attributes that render her a great prize in the eyes of kings, emperors, wizards, and creatures from beyond the spheres. Four such traits mix within Ciri. Their combustible blending grants her import and innate skill, and also burdens her with conspicuous attention by the various factions that roam the continent. Cirilla is first a child of royalty. Born to the noble line of Queen Calanthe of Sintra, her titles and claims are a key to open opportunity's door. She is also a child of mystical prophecy. Ciri's description, her powers and skills, shape her into the missing piece of an oracular puzzle professed by the elf shaman Ithilien ep Evenine centuries prior. This prophecy tells of the end of days, the time of ice, and Ciri's role as both herald of destruction and beacon of salvation. She herself possesses prescient foresight and mystic trances often overtake her, granting visions of a thousand present moments or futures yet to be. In the Blood of Elves novel, she describes a dream she has of Geralt. What a strange dream I had. The first where I wasn't afraid. The first which wasn't about me. I was an observer. I saw everything as if from above, from high up, as if I were a bird. A dream in which I saw Geralt. Unknown to her, Ciri's dream is a small glance into events unfolding presently. The accuracy of her clairvoyance is startling to all that bear witness. The young princess has a deep-seated strength, an ability to control chaos and unleash its magical potential to bend space and time around her. Ciri is a source, a rare individual that acts as an unrestrained conduit of chaos, who can, if properly trained, wield large surges of energy, 
with which to cast spells unparalleled in their devastation. But as Enchantress Triss Marigold relates to the Witchers of Kaer Morhen, there's danger inherent in her ability. Uncontrolled powers are an ominous thing. For both the Source and those in their vicinity, the Source can threaten those around them in many ways. Her power as a Source is amplified by the presence of Elder Blood flowing within her veins. As a descendant of Lara Doran Upshidal, a knowing one, elf from another sphere, and being of the Bloodline experiment, Ciri is possessed of an expertly scrutinized and controlled genetic makeup, the purpose of which remains hidden from her for quite some time. Nonetheless, Elder Blood bestows unique control over the foundational elements of reality, a symbol of either salvation or destruction. Finally, she's a child of destiny, bound to Geralt of Rivia through the law of surprise and charged with tremendous purpose. Fate weighs heavier than a sword, but cuts absolutely. Ciri spends much of her story developing the inner strength needed to wield such a weapon. Unfortunately, external forces hunt her across the continent, wishing to use these four attributes for dubious means or dangerous ends. She's pursued through forest and mountain, across field and bog, beyond the desert and even beyond the edge of the world for what she represents. Promise. Power. Prophecy. Born Cyrilla Fiona Ellen Rhiannon, the Queen of Sintra, the Princess of Bruges and Duchess of Sodden, heiress of Inisard Skellig and Inisan Skellig, and suzerain of Atre and Abiara, Ciri is the child of Princess Pavetta of Sintra and the Nilfgaardian Emperor Emir Var Emres, who was, at the time of her birth, masquerading under the false identity of lowborn Knight Duny. She is the heiress to the throne of Sintra a small but proud northern kingdom that earned a respected reputation through the martial actions of Queen Calanthe, the lioness of Sintra, and Ciri's grandmother. Calanthe shed much blood to stabilize her kingdom and carve out a modest swath of territory. Great trauma befell Ciri in her earliest days when a surging storm of dubious origin and fueled by magic overtook her family's ship while sailing the usually calm waters off Sintra's coast. The vessel was destroyed, its hull shattered, all passengers and crew lost to the endless azure abyss, all save Cirilla. In the storm's wake she was orphaned, her parents among those unaccounted, and the Sintran royal lineage precariously close to termination. Calanthe took the vulnerable child under her wing and tutored Ciri in the ways of courtly intrigue, regnal politics, and duty as her heir apparent, so that she might rule with a just hand when the day of accession arrives. Her time spent under scrutiny of the lioness's watchful eye earned Ciri the moniker Lion Cub of Sintra. Though she shirked her royal duties and much preferred to play with other children, a sense of calm soon settled Ciri after the loss of her parents. Normalcy and time scabbed over the gaping hole left in her wounded heart. Ciri's idol shattered with the Nilfgaardian invasion of Sintra. This surprising act of brutality caught the proud kingdom undefended and marked the First Northern War. The Empire had long been gathering territory and arms with which to strike the northern kingdoms. Its resources inexhaustible, its armies innumerable, Sintra could do little but drown in the tidal wave of Nilfgaardian aggression. Valiant Calanthe was slain, the capital was ransacked, its people raped and massacred, but destiny had other plans for Ciri. The lion cub escaped both death and capture. Though she survives in exile and her kingdom lies in smoldering shambles, Ciri is the only legitimate claimant to Sintra's throne. 
In the war's aftermath, which saw several other towns and villages inundated in Nilfgaardian black, the northern kingdoms realize their own weaknesses and so look about for any opportunity to bolster themselves against an inevitable renewal of conflict, lest they share in Sintra's fate. In the blood of elves, the great kings of the northern realms debate on how best to resolve Nilfgaard's occupation of Sintra. At first, they posit that the lion cub must be found and secured in her throne to rejuvenate the broken Sintran warbands of partisans that yet remain. Queen Meave states that the Sintrans persist in their search for her because they need someone of royal blood to sit on their regained throne, someone of Calanthe's blood. As the discussion progresses, each ruler sees in Syria a chance to seize power for themselves, a claim to the Sintran throne tantalizingly close either through alliance, marriage, or underhanded subterfuge. If they capture the rogue princess and force her into diplomatic submission, Sintra's lands and levies would swell their own kingdoms. But no love is shared between the northern kingdoms whose rulers can't countenance their rival's gain. In their clandestine meeting, the regnal leaders decide instead that Ciri's noble blood is too much of a threat to leave to chance, especially if Nilfgaard finds her first. If the emperor and his men gain possession of the princess, their current occupation would be rendered legitimate. The annexation of Sintra, the first falling domino, ending in subjugation of the entire north. Resolved to mitigate this disastrous possibility, they agree to assassinate Ciri and definitively terminate Calanthe's noble lineage. King Visimir states, But the lion cub, if she has survived, must now die, for reasons of state. Like hawks circling for prey, the northern kingdoms deploy cunning spies and ruthless killers to uncover the renegade princess. The kingdoms of the north aren't the only interested party pursuing the young swallow, but for different purposes. More so than bloodlines, Ciri's role in prophecy attracts the attention of her father, Amir Var Emres, emperor of Nilfgaard and the most powerful man on the continent. Enthralled by Ithlane's prophecy and Ciri's purpose within recounted to him by the wizard Vilgeforts of Ragavine, Amir's vanity convinces him that the white flame bespoke in prophecy is none other than himself. Emir utilizes prophecy to spread propaganda amongst non-humans in the northern kingdoms with promises of salvation. White chill will come to be, and after it the white light, and then the world will be reborn through the white flame and the white queen. The White Flame, a sobriquet for the Emperor, and the White Queen alluding to Cirilla. To fulfill Ithilien's message, to place himself at the crossroads of destiny and power, to usher in the future Emperor Emir mobilizes his vast resources in Cirilla's pursuit and seizure. Once securely in his possession, Emir plans to wed his own child not for her claim to the Sindran throne, but for prophetic significance. He wishes her to bear him children for it's believed their offspring will usher in a new age of promise and progress, shattering the frost of the time of ice, melting the snows in chill. This revelation is brought to Geralt of Rivia through the investigative work of Codringer and Fen, and Cyrilla is being hunted by Emir Var Emris, Emperor of Nilfgaard. Cyrilla, irrespective of her will, is to become mother of the heir to the throne, mother to an archprince, the archprince of darkness, the descendant and avenger of that she-devil Falca. Vainglory and desire for immortality in history blind Amir's vision. He wishes to achieve the full extent of personal greatness through Ciri. The rogue wizard Vilgeforts of Rogavin works closely with the emperor in this regard, though possessed of dubious ulterior motives. 
Vilgefortz, after discovering Ciri's potential role in prophecy, understands that her elder blood is the true award, and hen Iker in elder speech. Through meticulous scrutiny of ancient texts and whispered futures, Vilgefortz learns of the latent abilities surging through Ciri's veins and the heritable traits to which she can bear future generations. Her power as a source, her possession of Lara Doran's gene, represents a weapon of limitless magical destructive potential. The ambitious wizard, whose purpose is accumulation of power at any cost, wishes to capture Ciri for himself, unlock the secrets flowing in her veins, and use her as a tool to reach omnipotent heights. Vilgefortz and his assassin apprentice Reigns track the lion cub using their own diabolic means. But again, they aren't the last group interested in Cirilla's elder blood. Stories flit on the breeze of an ethereal nightmarish cavalcade, a band of shades that gallop across the firmament and herald apocalypse. The Wild Hunt, also called the Race of Morhawk, are believed by humans to be portents of doom and terrorizers of kingdoms. These spectral riders reside on another sphere within the cosmos, and are in fact a race of elves known as the NL, a race to which Ciri is bound through the bloodline of Lara Doran. The elves of the Wild Hunt are interested in the lion cub for her thin but unbreakable connection to their own kind. Lara Doran Upshidal was a product of the Elder Blood program, a genetic project initiated by the NL intended to create an extraordinarily gifted child possessed of sufficient magical strength to bend reality, space, and time to their whim, thus allowing the elves to once more travel and conquer the realms as they had done in ages long past. They tested genes, manipulated family lines, and altered heredity to mold the Elder Blood, distilling and consolidating its power with each successive generation. Lara Doran's blood contained great reservoirs of strength. Her genes mutated to yield what the NL most wished. But rather than continue the line and interbreed with predetermined families, Lara instead fell in love with the human wizard Kreganan of Laud. A gross betrayal to her people and her family. The mixing of races and bloodlines diluted Lara's heredity and nearly destroyed the Elder Blood project as related to the Witcher by the NL sage Avalok in the Tower of Swallows. She was meant to bear an even more special child. Engaging with the seed of a man, she ruined that chance, wasted hundreds of years planning and preparation. But Lara's descendants still hold residual traces of Henneker, her elder blood. Among them, Cirilla of Sintra. The connection between the two is hinted at several times throughout The Witcher, when Vilgefortz reveals to Geralt a painting of Lara's likeness that bears strong similarity to Ciri's own countenance. The discovery that Tor Lara, the mystical tower of goals, connects to the equally mysterious Tor Ziriel, Cirilla in elder speech, and the tale of Laura Darn as documented by the elves. And though she was surrounded by the blizzard, the night and the winter, spring suddenly bloomed on the hilltop and fan-wet flowers blossomed. Even today do those flowers bloom in only two places, in Dol Blathana and on the hilltop where Lara Darn Upshidal perished. This same flower blossoms along the trail outside Kaer Morhen, where Ciri's blood drawn from cuts and bruises has watered the earth, confirming she is of Enhenekar. Conquest and devastation continue to drive the elitist Enel. They dispatch the wild hunt to recover the last descendant of Elder Blood and reclaim their lost weapon. The Spectral Riders pursue Cirilla through both dreams and the waking world, many times calling out to her to join their hunt. O oh, child of the Elder Blood, you belong to us. 
You are ours. Join our procession. Join our hunt. We will race, race into the very end, unto eternity, unto the very end of existence. The NL hold that those who follow the swallow, Zeriel, will achieve salvation and survive apocalyptic Ted the Wraith. They are undaunted in their quest. They desire to tap into Ceres' blood, the powers of which are described to her in the Tower of Swallows. The elder blood that flows through your veins gives you power over time and over space, over the dimensions and the spheres. You are now master of the world, Siri. You have a mighty power. The promise of a second NL Golden Age rests heavily on the success of the Wraiths of Morhog and exploitation of Ceres' latent potential. Dogged by the most resourceful, influential, and sinister forces on or beyond the continent, and yet lacking command over her significant innate powers, Ceres' last haven of safety lies behind the protective custody of the witcher Geralt of Rivia and sorceress Yennefer of Vengeberg. Above elder genes, above prophecy and royalty, above all else, Cyrilla is a child of destiny. Destiny's invisible and inviolable threads bind Ceres' fate to Geralt's invoked by the law of surprise. Earlier in his career, the Witcher saved Emir from Queen Calanthe's wrath, who was so outraged by the love Emir and Pavetta shared, and so disgusted by the curse afflicting Emir, that she attempted to kill the young man. The Witcher's intervention spared Varemre's life, and as recompense, Geralt invoked the Law of Surprise. He demanded, That which you already have, but do not know. And Princess Pavetta, unknown to all, had at the time just conceived fetal Cirilla within her womb. Thus were Geralt and Ciri forever bound. Destiny holds particularly strong superstitions among Northerners, and the auspicious birth of Cirilla as Emir and Pavetta's child marked her with Destiny's indelible brand. No force on the spheres or in the dimensions can bar them from fulfilling their shared purpose. As a child's surprise, she is Geralt's charge. To this end, the Witcher does all in his ability to drive off the dark forces swirling around Ciri and to equip the Lion Cub with the skills needed to face such implacable foes. He takes Ciri to the Witcher Fortress of Kermorin, where she learns the martial arts of swordplay, of defense, and of cold killing. Once her status as source is known, Yennefer of Vengeberg accepts Ciri as her ward, where the Lion Cub learns to train her surging chaos. As a source, Ciri is a danger to herself and all around until control is mastered. Geralt and Yennefer act as surrogate parents to a child who has lost much and who is hunted across the continent for her potential. Their companionship, their protection, and their compassion are all on which Ciri can rely until she fills her purpose. On her shoulders rests the fate of kingdoms, and in her hands, the fate of the cosmos. Cirilla of Sintra the child surprise, in whose veins runs blood royal, blood elder, blood of terrible purpose. Marked by prophecy, sought by kings, hunted by evil forces, a violent maelstrom threatens to uproot her and carry her on the winds of time. Ted de Wraith, the time of end, the great frost approaches. Ciri must rely on her witcher training, her powers as a source, and her own cunning to withstand such gales. Her fate and the continents are one. She dances on a knife's edge. Success yields salvation. Failure, oblivion. To which side will she fall? Thanks so much for watching and listening to this video on Cirilla of Sintra. Now I want to hear from you. Let me know your thoughts on Ciri, the Elder Blood Project, how she fits into prophecy, as well as suggestions for future videos in the comments below. 
And if you're a fan of Lauren's storytelling, subscribe to the channel, check out the podcast or the blog, where content is uploaded frequently. I want to thank my amazing supporters over on Patreon, who make all of this possible, and I couldn't do it without their fantastic support. If you'd like to become a Lore Luminary for access to me, a great community, written scripts, and early video drops, head to patreon.com slash thelorebrarians to learn more. Until next time, go forth and explore the lore.